Welcome to the Inner Source Podcast, hosted by the biggest brain in Maine. Well, certainly the biggest head, it's Saucy Dad. Why, hello, my beautiful citizens of this saucy verse. How you guys doing, man? Welcome back to the Inner Sauce. That's right, baby. Episode 14. Episode 14. Not sure where these random accents come from. Perhaps schizophrenia is a potential diagnosis. <laughs> How you guys doing, man? How's October treating you? How's, uh, you know, the weather's cooling off? It's getting a little brisker out there. I'm a big fan. Although the last couple of days have felt very... Eh, like cusp of summery. Did that, did, that, did that make any sense at all? Probably not. It was like 70s though. I'm, you know, I'm not complaining. It's absolutely gorgeous. But, uh, make up my mind, Mother Nature, you know? Am I, uh, am I, am I in long sleeves for the remainder of the year or am I keeping out the shorts and tank tops? Cause man, in the sun is brutal. Let's enough about the weather. Enough about the weather. Uh, we're late. That's probably the first thing we should address, huh? This episode was late, is late. However you want to say it. I got almost the entire thing recorded and then we lost power. So, you know, that happened. I had it set up, um, so that it would store if anything ever lit and whoa, whoa, just another, just another day. Saucy dad going one-on-one -on -one with the English language. What I was trying to say before my brain so rudely interrupted us, I had my computer set up so that it would store any recordings of mine in the event of a power loss or if my equipment cut off for any reason. However, a lot of you know, I had computer problems and uh, I completely forgot all about that, the whole format thing. So I never did it. So I recorded about an hour and a half of a podcast episode and power. And it literally went out. No, not joking at all for, I don't know, 15 seconds, probably more like eight seconds. Actually went out. I was just long enough for me to look around and go, you've got to be kidding me. And whoop, everything came back on. So yeah, anywho, we made it, you know, 13 episodes without any fumbles, but we're back, man. We're back. We're back. We're back. So sorry for the late upload. Sorry for the late release it means I'll be doing two episodes this week to get us back on track. Um, yeah, I have been sitting in this chair for 10, 10 hours, nine hours, probably nine hours. I've taken some breaks. Don't you worry. And I, I, uh, I'm in pretty good with my boss. So, you know, he lets me take some breaks, <laughs> but yeah, man, how you guys been? How you doing? How's, how's this anti-bully month treating you? <laughs> you know, I, I touched on this in my original recording of this episode, but I have since been exposed to some videos and some reading material that I had not seen prior to recording that episode. So what I want to talk about changed a little bit. And mainly because, you know, anybody who 
knows me at all knows the most important thing in my life without contest is those three little monsters downstairs that look just like me. My kiddos. And I gotta tell you, there's a lot of things that a parent has to fear today that a parent didn't have to fear when I was in school. It's insane. It's like, it's actually insane from ticks outside that, you know, literally take away people's ability to live a quality life. And you might have no idea that it's buried in you until it's too late. The tick, I mean, there's all kinds of, all kinds of stuff. It's endless how things have changed. It's very strange considering it's been what, 20 years. But what I'm referring to is, uh, in the spirit of anti-bully month, um, before I forget, before I get rambling, going from topic to topic here, like I do, I do want to put it out there <clears throat> that in the description of this video is a link to anti-bullying resources, no matter your age, no matter where this issue is occurring this website has answers they have methods you can take ways that you can fix your situation because one thing that i do believe generally speaking obviously there's exceptions to everything in the world this is no different but one thing i do believe is a positive about where we're at today as a society and all these changes that have taken place is I do think there's a better chance of somebody listening to you today than there was when I was in school, simply because there was no precedent when I was in school. And what I'm talking about is, is bullying. And the fact that for the last, my oldest is 12. So probably I don't know, nine years, the better part of nine years, I have been very scared to be totally honest. I would be lying if I didn't tell you it went through my head every single morning, every morning when they get on that bus. Now we live in an amazing place. I would say our percentages of something like that happening in our school district are, they have to be of the lowest in the country, but that doesn't, you know, what does that really matter? Cause if it happens, it happens like it, it takes one time. And I think, I think you're picking up on what I'm implying here. You know, um, the way that somebody who has experienced severe bullying and feels like nobody hears when hears them when they talk feels like nobody is there to protect them or keep them safe they're going to take it into their own hands and i would say there's probably one in every 50 kids that doesn't have easy access to firearms in my area you know huge hunting society, um, home protection is very big. Like it's all, you know, very much so a part of our community and surrounding communities. So there would absolutely be no problem if somebody wanted to handle their problems that way. And, uh, yeah, man, it just really scares me. Because for one, for one, school is hard enough just with the, I'm going to do my best to keep my voice simmered down, keep my temper about me. But this stuff is stuff that I am extremely passionate about and just, I feel as a dad, 
wanting nothing but the best for my kids. I just feel really helpless lately. Like really, the stuff that has come up already is extremely frustrating, but what's more frustrating than that is knowing that I am nowhere near through the woods. I am just getting to the tree line. My daughter, like I said, my eldest is 12. And what I'm referring to is how damn confused this world makes our kids. They have no idea. I mean, good Lord. It was confusing enough when there was two genders. I, you know, I, I didn't know who I was. I mean, I'm still figuring it out. I'm still figuring it. I'm 34 years old. Jeez, you know, if I had to wonder which of the 38 genders I was or what my pronouns are, I mean, I, some of my audience probably isn't even going to know what I'm talking about. And I am jealous that you are able to be that disconnected from everything that's happening in the world. Like literally genuinely jealous because it is, it's just not great. It's just more things for people to hate each other about. It's more things to drive divide. It's just more, you know, and there's going to be people offended at what I say. And that's all right. I'm look again, 34 data three, very few people in this world. Am I worried about offending? Very few people in this world. So when I think about like when Columbine happened, right? That, that was crazy. That was crazy. I mean, it would still be crazy if it happened today. Don't get me wrong. It's not like it's any less, it's not like it's any less sad or terrible or awful or scary. I'm just saying it is, there has been several, so many times that this has happened since then that now it's like you're just constantly waiting for that awful news break, you know, and you're just not that you want it to happen to anybody, but all you can do as a parent is just close your eyes and just pray that they don't say your school's name. I just, I can't help but picture myself hearing that flying to the school and then being told if I don't stop trying to get in, they're going to arrest me or shoot me or whatever, because I don't, you know, I, I black out in those situations. I've been presented with enough, let's call it severely confrontational situations where I know myself and I black out and instinct takes over. So I don't know that I would even be able to stop myself knowing that they're in there with that sort of threat present more than likely would park my car in the lobby and just attempt to take it into my own hands. Somebody has to do something, you know, it's just scary. It's so scary because now there are so many things that these kids are expected to figure out. Like, Oh, I see these mothers making videos with their one-year-olds two-year-olds, and some of you aren't even going to believe me because it's so ludicrous, but I promise you, don't forget, I am literally in this world every day. I see it. I know what's going on. I see mothers with one-year-olds, two-year-olds getting mad at the people commenting on her videos because they don't know, but she knows that her son is, her son is gay. He wants to wear dresses. He loves to look pretty. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What? Your one and two year old likes to. Oh, okay. God forbid that kid isn't gay. God forbid he doesn't want to wear dresses. What, what kind of mental pretzel, uh, you know, and it's some mystery that there's more mental illness today than ever before. I mean, really? Good Lord. I've heard common sense isn't so common, but that's, man, that's a little extreme. Don't you think it's like, man, I, I just, I don't know. 
So bottom line is there's just so many things, so many things that could completely just mess with the kid's confidence and ability to feel safe. I told you guys one of our earliest episodes of the podcast, I told you guys about an experience one of my kids had where, you know, she was kind of forced into pretending to be gay for a short time. Like it was just a really weird situation and it wasn't a big deal. Not at all. You know, we, it was a good learning lesson, if anything, but as always, as soon as I walk away from that, I'm left thinking about what could have gone wrong. What are the, what are all the possible outcomes of that story? You know, and I'm going to tell you, Hers was probably the best one, but what, you know, how many kids have what my kids have at home? I hope all of them, and I'm certainly not putting myself on any pedestal, but I do know how rare it is to have the biological mother and father under the same roof that absolutely love each other, that it, you know, that, that old school, if you will, family dynamic is certainly not common anymore. It's just not, you know, it's an absolutely awful truth, but it is the truth. It's not common anymore. So how many kids in that situation would even have parents to kind of, um, make sure that whole thing was handled with kid gloves and both children were allowed to figure it out for themselves, but also knowing they're not alone, you know? Because that's the last thing I want to do is ever tell my kids how they should feel, what they should want, how, you know, what is an okay thing to desire or chase in this life. That my input has nothing to do with that. I never, ever want to want to come across like they should, they should move forward in their life because of anything I want. The only thing I want is the best for them. So it's, I just know that how, I just know how rare that is. And that makes that what was a minor situation potentially catastrophic. You know, if both kids didn't have what they have at home and I don't think the other one does so much, but luckily mine does, you know, so it, it was handled correctly both kids were made to feel as they should, like great people, like neither did anything wrong. They just have different interests. Guys, we're talking about 11 and 12 year olds. Are you joking? They just, they don't stand a chance. I hate to sound like that too. I, I really do. I, you know, having three kids, I will always have hope. But boy, I got to tell you, the more I see, the more I read, the more I hear, it's, it's hard. I just don't know how, I don't see the route to reverse all this stuff at this point. It's just too far gone. It is. It's like, it's just part of our society now, you know? And disclaimer. As always, I love everybody, okay? I love everybody. I do not... I, guys, I don't know how else to word this. I literally do not care. It means zero to me what you look like, what interests you have, what your sexual preferences are. If you are a human being that lives your life If you are a human being that lives your life in the ways of a good human being or a human being attempting to be a good human being, I love you. I, I love you. I love you. I love everybody. Everybody. None of that stuff that I just said has any bearing on that whatsoever. Literally. None. Zero. Zilch. Finito. 
but we have like, man, it can't just be a certain group of people that is expected to deal with it. And this is the way it should be. And people are just being themselves. And man, I, I guess some of it is probably that, but I see a lot of this, a lot of it's just mental illness. Like a lot of it is just people that have shit going on in their heads and they don't know how to deal with it or what it is. So, well, now they're, you know, they identify as a friggin' stop sign. Like, what does that even mean? There is a bit, a company in Maine, the state of Maine that had to build. <sighs> I know a couple people who listen to this that are just going to shake their heads when they hear this. Cause I don't think I've told to them this story yet, but there is a place in Maine that a lot of my family has worked at actually that had to build human sized litter boxes because a few people that they hired identify as cats. They identify as cats. And what's crazy is that's nowhere near the weirdest thing that I've heard or you've heard. I guarantee it. That's not the weirdest thing that either of us have heard in the last week or so. Not even close. What do we got going on where people needing litter boxes at their place of employment because they identify as a cat? When did that stop being strange? I'm sorry, but I'm just not, you know, offending people is just not on my priority list anymore. It's just not. The safety of my kids is on my priority list. The safety and the quality of their future. End of story. Man, it's friggin' scary. It is so scary. I gotta tell you, holy smokes. But yeah, I mean, the, and the whole sexuality and identity and all that, that's just a part of it. Because that didn't even exist outside of gay or straight. That didn't even exist when, when I was a kid. Just 20 years ago. That wasn't even present in the school system. And people were super depressed and, you know, there was all this drama. I mean, the normal stuff, drama, growing up, figuring out who you are and just kids, kids being kids. I don't know how they do that now. I, I don't know how a kid right now today goes through four years of high school without some sort of just mental gymnastics. I just, I just don't see it. It's terrifying, man, because when you combine that with how easily accessible firearms are, man, can people lose their lives way too soon. And I know, you know, everything happens for a reason. And, you know, when you look at, uh, when you look at Earth from outside the Milky Way galaxy and you can't see it because it's literally a grain of sand, it's just wild to me that the guy that created it all needed that that little tiny little human being thing off of that tiny little grain of sand speck in that tiny little cluster of planets out of the whole universe. Well, he needed him back. Needed him home. Needed him home. Bad things don't happen. It's just everything happens for a reason. Yeah, sorry. I, <laughs> you lost me. <laughs> you lost me. I Oh, man, I just I'm too practical for that, I guess. But anyways, getting off track as we do. I just it's really scary. So I guess one of the things that really inspired me to go this route topic wise is I reacted to a song the other day from Home Free that they did with this country artist by the name of Mark Wills. Amazing song. Highly recommend everybody goes to listen to it if you have not already. But it's all about bullying and about um, the kids in the video both had Down syndrome and it was just the music video was about their struggles and stuff that they went through and how genuinely kind they are even after being bullied and picked on but I'm going to tell you, not everybody, not everybody 
responds that way. Especially after years and years and years and nobody doing anything about it. And the parents at home being too busy with work and falling asleep the second they get home and never listening, never being available. I'm going to tell you what, they're going to take care of it themselves. I don't know how many more times we need to see it on the news before we get that, but I, you know, man, is it scary? Like I am genuinely scared when my kids get on that bus in the morning. And like I said, we live in a, we live in a great, amazing place to raise children. Amazing. I don't know how much better it could possibly be in America than where we are, than where we are. I really don't know. And yet I am terrified. I would never say that because I don't want them to have to go through their days with that on their mind ever. But man. And we have, you know, we have had the conversation. Don't get me wrong. That's the other crazy part. My parents never had to tell me what to do in the event. Some kid was shooting up the school. I, that was a lesson I never had to get. I have to give that lesson in 2022. That is something I absolutely have to talk to my kids about so that they know and they're not just sitting ducks. You know? So all all of that is true. That is all what's on the f- forefront of my brain right now. Um, but what I really wanted to talk about as it relates to all of this stuff is us parents Now, like I just said, when you've got mothers doing that with one and two year olds, I'm highly aware what I'm saying and what I'm trying to promote just is not realistic. If that is your mindset and that is how you truly feel, you and I have nothing in common. We see nothing the same. So I, you know, we don't have much to talk about, you know, Uh, and that's okay. I, I guess you do what you feel is right. <laughs> uh, all I can do is do what I feel is right. I have no idea where to even go with stuff like that or the identifying as a stop sign or a cat or, you know, I just, yeah. At the first, I'll never forget the first time I, cause I, you know, social media, it's what I do, but I'm also a 34 year old guy with three kids and I live in Maine. So I'm not super up on what's going on, but I am present on all of these platforms. And I'll never forget the first time I was signing up for something. And one of the required fields fields for my profile was my pronouns. I had absolute, I was so lost. I wish I could have had a picture from my phone of what my face must've looked like reading that. And like I said, I bet a bunch of my audience right now, if you don't have, if you don't have, um, you know, roots in the younger culture, you probably have no idea what I'm talking about still. And like I said, I'm jealous. I'm jealous. It like, it's just like, man, what are we doing? You know, what are we doing? I'm going to get back to my point behind this, but what I also just thought about is uh, all this talk of World War III, right? Well, the government officially edited the um, the laws or whatever the correct terminology is, but I saw somebody, somebody put this out, um, and it was the actual, like it was taken straight out of, uh, straight off of, the government, I don't know what you call it. I have no idea what you call it. But anyways, the draft age. Do you know what the draft age is now? It's 45. 45. You know why that is, right? Can you imagine... Can you imagine how, for one, how do you draft? How? Like literally every part of that is so scary. Can you imagine 
if 18 to 30 year olds had to defend our country, 18 to 30 year old Americans, if they had to defend our country, I mean, just wave the flag, right? Like what, what are we going to do? Man, that is, and it's, I just can't get over how fast, <laughs> I just can't get over how fast things have changed, man. Like my generation was super entitled and spoiled and, you know, we had it so good compared to generations before us. But even then, me and my buddies, like I could totally see us. If we got that letter, you're damn right we'd be ready. I would never join willingly. That's just not my thing. It's just not. I, you know, I'm much more of a raise a family kind of guy. I, you know, I'm not a big war guy. But I know that I could have handled it. Are you going to tell me the 18 to 30 year olds that you know today can handle it? Because uh, you better look outside. You better look outside. For one, can you tell me which ones qualify? And you know exactly what I mean. Can the government tell you which ones qualify? And if they get it wrong, you know, are they discriminating? Are they, I mean, the whole thing is just, man, is that a scary thought? Holy shit. <laughs> I, oh boy. I'm, I tell you what, if I get that letter now at 34 with a really bad back, destroyed knees, three kids, a house, hey, I'm going to identify as anything but a man. So I'm not judging. I'll tell you that. I'm not judging. I just pity the person that has to sift through that mess and decide, you know, who is who. Are, are you a you know, what were you born as? What are you now? What do you identify as? What are, you know, what are your beliefs? Scary, scary stuff. I just don't think, you know, if it comes down to that, I, I don't love our chances. That's all I'm going to say. I don't love our chances. Ay, ay, ay. But yeah, man, um, Parents, myself included, we need to have a talk. We need to make it, we need to open that door, I guess would probably be the best way to put it. We need to open that door in regards to talking about bullying. Now me, personally said it many times. That's the only perspective I can speak honestly and truthfully from is my own. No different here. I am very blessed that I have three kids with giant hearts, great perspective, great instincts. I feel very blessed in that way. However, that almost makes me feel a bigger sense of responsibility because I know more than likely there's obviously been some cases kids are mean, you know, you, you, you just never know. But generally speaking, a majority of the time, my three kids aren't going to be the victims in those situations. So much like when I was in school, you know, I thought I was hot shit. I was on the varsity football team when I was a freshman. I, you know, I was dating the senior cheerleader as a freshman. That was just who, that was what I did in school. But, but for anybody who watched that home free reaction, I told you guys things were different in my school. The football team, you know, in a lot of these movies and shows and all that stuff, they always portray the football captain as the one picking on the kid with the mental illness or the physical disability. In my school, uh, no, we were like 53 bodyguards for everybody in that world. Everybody that had a disability or a struggle, you do not want to see that 
Letterman jacket walk by when you're trying to pick on somebody that that is less fortunate than you or whatever. Our our, our jocks, quote unquote jocks, yeah. We did not go for that. And I told a story, I'll retell it real quick here, but I was on my way to math class. I think I was a, I don't even remember. I think I was a freshman, maybe a sophomore, but I was on my way to math class. And as soon as I turned the corner, a kid that I knew very well that had very blatant physical and mental disabilities, or maybe just severely underdeveloped, whatever you want to call it. As I've said before, I'm never trying to be offensive. I'm just, you know, saying it as politically correct as I know how to. Um, amazing guy, amazing kid, giant heart, super kind if you would give him the time of day. And I know this because he lived right down the road from my grandparents' camp. So I knew him all through high school. And um, as soon as I turned that corner to go to math class, which... A key part of the story is that math class happened to be taught by the head coach of my football team. Like I just told you, we didn't go for that. And that came from the top down. Nobody liked my head coach, but I got to tell you as a human being, really, really good dude, really good dude. Turn that corner. And one of the kids in front of me who I knew from parties and whatever else, I kind of had my fingers in all the little mini many societies in high school. You know, I hung out with the goth kids. I hung out with the skater kids. I hung out with the moto kids. I hung out with the jocks. I partied with literally everybody. Like I just, I loved everybody. I always have always been like that. I absolutely do not see what you're wearing. I don't see your colors. I don't see your appearance. I just, I never have. And I'm so thankful for that. That has a lot to do with my upbringing my role models. And I'm very thankful for that. But at the same time, don't cross my moral compass, you know, which is exactly what this kid did. He was walking in front of me. And as soon as we turned the corner, my buddy with, you know, the kind of had some mental stuff going on, some physical stuff going on. He was walking out of the science room right in front of us. And the skater kid that I knew from parties balled up his fist and slammed all of the other kid's stuff out of his hands. He had literally what looked like everything he owned in his arms, his binder, his textbooks, a bunch of loose leaf paper. And it just, just like the movies, basically it went everywhere all over the hallway. And he just starts laughing. The kid that hit the stuff out of his arms. He just starts laughing. Oh, you would want to pick that up. Class starts in a minute. Yeah. Uh, nope. So I took my stuff. I don't even think he knew I was behind him and slammed it down. That got his attention, but I then grabbed him by the back of his collar. Dosey doed him into the lockers that we were, that we were standing right next to. And well, you know, I proceeded to encourage him not to do that ever again, you know? Um, I tell my kids that story on a regular basis because I want them to know. And that, you know, coming from the guy that tells you every day, behave, listen, you do not touch somebody else. You do not, do not put your hands on somebody. You never swing first in a confrontation coming from that guy. It's really important to me that they hear that story every now and then every couple of years, just to kind of reinstate that thought process that not only do I encourage, not only do I okay it, I, I hope you would, I hope you would do something similar in that situation because who knows, who knows? And again, I'm certainly no hero. I was part of a, I was part of, um, a way of thinking being on that football team, being a a part of that football team, you know, kind of the varsity crowd or whatever, the older kids. It was just kind of how we, how we went about our business. People knew if you had ill intent on anybody, you, you really shouldn't do it when there's that blue letterman jacket 
nearby. You just shouldn't do it because we don't go for it. You know, we just do not go for it. Um, so I, you know, encouraged him not to do that. I helped my buddy pick up his stuff and he walked away, but who knows, man, who knows how many times that happened to him that I wasn't or anybody else wasn't nearby to see it. And he just picked up his stuff and never, cause he didn't, he never said two words, never said two words, never complained, never cried out, never asked for help. So if there was nobody there to see that happen, that would have just been another occurrence, another situation that he would have internalized, dealt with on his own. And who knows what that turns into someday. So that's what I try to really instill in my kids is it is so effing important more than anything else that everybody less fortunate than you knows they are safe. They know they don't have to take it into their own hands because they have a ton of people around them that will not let anything bad to them happen. They will not let anything bad happen to them. They will not let that one or two bad apples cause harm to them ever. You are safe here. And, you know, I mentioned it in the home free reaction. The kid that I'm talking about, I happen to know his home situation and it was really bad. It was worse than whatever he got treated at school. So just imagine you didn't ask for any of these struggles. You didn't ask to be born with these uphill battles. And yet you spend literally sun up to sundown getting just ridiculed and beaten down for it. Really? Really? I literally used to purposely walk by his place on a regular basis just to try to hear what was going on. And I never, you know, it just wasn't great. He was always outside, really just kind of always down. So he'd get really excited whenever me or me and my buddies would come up there or walk by or whatever and just chat or, you know, even if it's just a quick interaction, it just picked the spirits up. You know how it is when you're struggling with something in life and you just really needed to see that one person or you just really needed to hear that one thing. You never know. You never know what act of kindness or act of humanity is going to quote unquote, save someone who knows what I did that day very well may have saved a bunch of lives. I, I don't know. I don't know. Or, or maybe it was what I represented. Maybe the fact that he knew not me specifically, but what I represented, the crowd of people, the army, if you will, that I represented made him feel safe, made him feel like, yeah, people are going to be jerks, but you know what? When it really comes down to it, I know there's a couple shoulders I can tap on and they'll take care of this for me. I know that for a fact. So that's what I really try to drill in my kids' heads is it's so, so important that you guys instill that in everybody that is around you. If you see somebody getting picked on and then at lunchtime you see them go sit at a table alone, I want you to try to be the one. Go out of your way to be the one that isn't doing what everybody else is doing. I want you to walk out of the line and go sit with them. Hey, what's up? I'm so-and-so. What's your name? What's your, you know, and then just make conversation. Just do anything. What, you know, what, what do you got there? Do you want some of this? I'm not, I'm not going to eat this. Do you want this? Or, you know, what's your favorite show? Or, oh, are you watching this show? I love this new show. That's all right. Just, just make conversation, make them feel like you actually give a shit. You never know what little moment like that is going to stop something catastrophic from happening. Somebody that might be on their last day of dealing with this crap. They're going to come in tomorrow and just take care of it their way. Cause nobody listens, nobody cares, you know? And if you're one of those kids, you know, I've seen a few different ways of thinking and teaching this. And one of them is just mind your business, 
stay in the back, stay out of the way. Do you realize somebody in that situation, somebody in that pair of shoes that is living that life and dealing with that every day, they see those kids that are standing there watching it happen, doing nothing. They see them through the exact same lens that they see the bullies through. Why are they any different? Why are those kids that are sitting back minding their own business any different than the ones doing the bullying? They are not. In the victim's eyes, they're just sitting there letting it happen. Well, because they are just sitting there letting it happen. I don't mean everybody has to try to be a hero or, you know, be physically violent. Absolutely not what I'm saying. There is quite literally thousands of ways they could act and affect that kid's day for the better. At some point, though, I do think it's necessary that you encourage your kids to be the one to go talk to them. Step out of that line. Step out of that, that row of kids that is doing what they know the cool thing is to do. Be the one to step out. Swim away from the school of mean people or better yet, people doing nothing. Be that one little fish to swim out of that school and go sit with them. Go talk to them. Go, I mean, shoot, just go sit next to each other and be silent. Just be kind. Everybody needs to know that they have people like that. Everybody. And you know, one of the reasons this hits home for me is, like I said, this whole, I had no idea it was anti-bully month. I've never paid much attention to it, to be honest. But that Home Free song and then all these other stories and my fear for my own kids, I start learning about it. And the biggest reason, beyond my every day of the year fear, is my son right now happens to have a cast on both of his legs. Now, everybody loves him, just like his dad, unfortunately. He's a class clown, goofy all the time, you know. Uh, when you can get him to pay attention, he does very well, but he'd much rather make everybody laugh. <laughs> um, you know, I, even still, even still, the second you take away his ability to look like everybody else, whether it's because they're threatened by that, whether it's because... They wish they could still be liked even when they're in a wheelchair. Who knows? But for whatever reason, even somebody that's really well-liked, the second he loses his ability to partake in recess or just walk up the stairs with his classmates, the second that happens, he's different. He's looked at different. He's He is 1 million percent a target to any little kid with an insecurity or something going on at home. He is immediately low-hanging fruit. And it's already happened. It's already happened. So, again, I want to make sure the point of this gets across. And the ideal result, the ideal outcome of you listening to this podcast right now is we all leave here and we just, just talk about it. Just kick that door down, open that box and just make it a conversation in your home. Don't make your kid have to be the one to have the first conversation about either picking on or being picked on. Because another thing that I said in that reaction video, and I'm going to tell you right now, a lot of you parents are in denial. A lot of you parents think your kids are perfect little angels are this that the first thing I do when my kids bring up a story about bullying or picking on my immediate question is what did you do? I don't care what they did or she did or he did or how they responded. What did you do? What role did you play? And then, you know, I have my ways of making them think I'm going to find out. So they tell me, <laughs> but it's, it's important, man. It's so important. What your kids natural instinctive reaction is, when presented with those situations, when they find themselves in the, either in the middle or whatever, how do they act? How do they respond? What do they say? What do they do? That is so important. You can literally, especially today, 
It is life and death. And it is time that we acknowledge it is life and death. Because that kid is eventually going to take care of it. So why not let them know they have an army of people around them and they never have to do anything like that. They never have to never have to lose their own ability to live life because that's essentially what happens when you do that. The moment you commit to that route of handling your issues, of responding to the bullying, you simultaneously end your life. You're either going to spend the rest of it in jail or God forbid, you're going to lose your life during that day. Generally speaking, that's what happens. I hope you guys can't hear my stomach growling right now. Apparently I'm a lot hungrier than I thought I was. But yeah, man, uh, open that door, open that box, start that conversation with your kids. If we all, man, if we all did that, everybody would be so much more inclined, prepared. I mean, most of the time kids don't respond in those situations because they've never been told how to respond. They don't know what the right thing to do is, and they don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. They, they don't want to get themselves beat up, you know, tell them what to do. I'm not going to tell you what to tell your kids to do. You know what to do. How do you want your kids to respond? You know, is your kid the biggest kid in the class? Is your kid, you know, not the biggest kid in the class? You know what I mean? I, I think that makes a difference. I really do. I really do. Because you know what? Every now and then a bully like that. They're only acting like that at school because of how they have it at home. And they're only acting like that at school because, well, the person that beats on them at home isn't at school. So now they're the top dog. Now they're the, the alpha, the ones that can take it out on everybody. Well, not only the, do they need to know that somebody watching is going to make sure a teacher is told, but they're also going to make sure that even if a teacher's not around, yeah, you're not going to be allowed to do that. Not with so-and-so here, you know? I don't know, man. Just open that door. Open that box. Kick the door down and just get it started. Just take the... um. Set a precedent. Set a precedent so that it's not a brand new topic of discussion in your, in your home. I do not care what you think your child's role is in their classroom... Like I was just saying, there's a lot of denial. There's a lot of denial amongst parents. Man, did some of my friends have their parents fooled. Holy crap. You would, they would have no idea <laughs> what their kids are doing at school. Zero. I mean, most don't really, but we have a general idea, you know? My point is before you're so quick to just bet your life that your kid isn't one of the ones doing the bullying. I'm going to tell you right now, it's a conversation you at least want to have. I'm telling you, you would, it's some of the kids you would never, ever expect that are the ones doing the bullying. Bottom line is you don't know what any of them are going through either at home or with all this identity crap. You just don't know. You have no idea what's going on in their head. None. So, you know, I mean, obviously a lot of this stuff is common sense. A lot of this stuff we already do as parents, but you know what I'm trying to say here. There's, there's certain things that we are not talking about. Certain things we're not talking about at all. And then certain things we're not talking about enough. And man, how nice would it be? for that news alert to never have to come up again for that news alert to never happen again. I don't, I don't think of bullying as the, um, the, the completely capable people with mental diseases, just getting offended by words. That's I'm sorry. You're not a victim. Okay. You are not a victim. Pick yourself up. I don't know. Toughen up a little bit. Do something, do something, figure your stuff out. 
just because you're there's a big difference between somebody trying to do their best and can't a big difference between that person and the person that is fully capable and just using all of this new stuff in our society as a crutch or as a way out of being responsible. There is a huge difference. You are two very different people. I promise you. I promise you. Oh my God. There's, there's a lot that goes into it. And I think we just barely touched on, barely touched on it. But like I said, my primary reason for going this direction today in, in light of it being anti-bullying month is we just need to have that conversation. We just need to kick that door down and just make it part of what we talk about. Make it so that your kids want to tell you what's going on at school and make it, you know, make, I don't know. I don't know. Just, we have to really try to instill in them that it's a great, it's not just what you want them to do. It's a great thing for the world. You could literally, and this is how I told my kids because it's real, right? You don't want the first time they hear about this stuff to be when some kid's running through the hallway shooting something. You want them to know about it beforehand. Is it crazy to have to talk to our eight-year-olds about this? Yeah, it is. It absolutely is. But guess what? This is the world we live in. <laughs> it's crazy people identify as a stop sign too. But you know what? This is the world we live in. So we just have to do our best as parents to prepare those little people that we love so much prepare them for it. So yeah, I've talked to my kids about what to do in those situations and whatever else, but I, man, they need to understand that there is a lead up. There is a buildup that they, they, they don't necessarily play a part in, but there is a lead up that they can play a part in making sure never happens. If you picture it like a, you know, like a deck of cards that every time this kid gets bullied, it's just another card on the deck. And then once his deck is full, he's taken action into his own hands. Well, your kid, my kid, our kids, man, they can keep cleaning that deck off and just wiping the slate clean with some really simple, kind humanity, pro-humanity actions, <laughs> right? I mean, it's not... It's not rocket science, but it is, it is life or death. And I think it's time that we acknowledge it's life or death. And I think it's time that we treat the importance of teaching these lessons at home. Life it's like it's life or death. We have no right to be losing our minds the day that it happens. If we did absolutely nothing to prevent it. I, it's how I feel about anything in this world. And this is no different. You have no right to judge anybody else or judge what any of these kids did to take care of their issues if you did nothing to try to help them. And you could never talk to them and help them. I know my parents never talked to that kid that got bullied at my school. My parents never said a word to him. They don't even know who he is. But they might have saved his life. They might have saved whoever was bullying him, they might have saved their lives because of what they taught me, because of how they taught me to react and respond to those situations. So anyways, let me know what you guys think about this. I think this is a really great opportunity for us to share parenting tips and techniques. And because the great thing about this is nobody has the right answer. That's the great thing about this is if you haven't done this yet with your kids, maybe they're too young or maybe, maybe you just haven't thought about it like this. And that's okay. That is so okay. The fact that you're listening to this right now and wanting to do something about it, you are part of the solution period. So you have the amazing opportunity to take 
little bits of everybody's mistakes and what went well and what didn't. So I really encourage everybody, you know, if you've had these talks with your kids, what did you talk about? How did you say it? What did you tell them to do? What did you tell them to not do? What are some common practices you tell them to make during the day? And really important, how do you check in with them about it? How do you just kind of keep it, just keep it in their mind. Don't make it the only thing they think about, obviously. I think that would be just as bad. But make it something that they think about on a regular basis, that they self-evaluate how these kids are doing at school that they see not doing. You know, it's... You you can usually tell, especially if if you're our kids and you're in school with them every day. You remember how it was. You know exactly the kids that I'm talking about. So our kids know exactly who we're talking about. So let's just keep it fresh on their mind. Keep it something that they think about, that they're self-evaluating. Just, you know, make it instill in them the desire to want to know how these kids are doing and to want to just be that, just that five minute little uplift that they happen to need that day. Make that your kid that does that. So important, man. We all only have one life. Can you imagine being bored without the ability to do certain things or process certain emotions or communicate certain ways? Or if you looked different and I mean, God forbid you're fully aware and you look really different and you just know that and you just keep it all inside because it's so much easier than potentially having an entire group of people ridicule you and God forbid cause you physical harm over it. So you just keep it inside. Imagine living with that on top of nobody listening to you when you attempt to ask for help. If you dare, let's stop putting it on them. They have enough to deal with. They have enough crap that they have to put up with in this world. All the, you know, the body stuff that goes on. God forbid they don't look a certain way. Now they have that to deal with as well. You know what I mean? They have way too much on their plate as it is. Let's stop making them have to be the brave ones and talk about this stuff. Let's, let's teach our kids that are fully capable on doing these things. Let's teach them to do these things, you know? So you gotta be really careful about, you know, if, if they cross the line, protecting somebody getting bullied you got to be really careful about how much you get mad at them are you mad at them are you man i I gotta tell you i would take that opportunity to uh point out the fact we never put hands on somebody that doesn't that isn't threatening or hurting someone ever but if that's really what happened i am very proud of you You are in absolutely no trouble. I am very proud of you. That is how I would respond. That is how I will respond if that ever happens. So anyways, um, that's all I got for you guys. Again, in the link of this video, oops, down goes my phone. In the link of this video, in the link of this video, wow, phone falls and I forget how to speak again. In the description of this video, is the link to stopbullying.gov. Stopbullying.gov. The link is right in the description of this. No matter where you're listening, it should be right below the video. And they have some really great resources, step-by-step. You know, if you're not sure what to teach your kids, because not everybody went through this stuff, not everybody has experienced these things, or maybe you just don't know how to go about it. This website We'll teach you how to go about it. Anything you want to know is available if you just type it in and search it and actually want to learn. If you want to learn it, it's literally a few thumb clicks away. So I found this website. It looks to be like a great one, step-by-step, depending on age group, depending on blah, blah, blah. You know, if a 
like right here, a child is being bullied at school. Contact the number one teacher, number two school counselor, number three principal, number four, super, number four superintendent, number five state department of education. That is the chain of command. That is the, the ladder that you climb, but don't stop at one. Don't just mention it to somebody and think you've done your part, you know, follow through, make sure something is being done. Check with check with the victim in themselves or whoever it is being bullied. I don't know, man. Uh, but the link is there. If you guys want it, October is anti-bullying month. So again, just let's kick down that door. Let's, let's do something about this for our kids, for the safety of our kids, for the, for you and I, our ability to feel at peace during the day and be able to focus on what our tasks at hand are without worrying. I mean, this place, it's supposed to be their best years. It's supposed to be the best time of their life. They, man, there should not be fear involved in that, you know, not, not to the level that it, not to the level that it is now. It's just, it's ridiculous. So yeah, anyways, if you guys are still here, if you guys are still listening, man, what a, a saucy legend you are. <laughs> Seriously though, I really, truly appreciate the support guys. Thank you so much. Um, go check out the YouTube channel. If you haven't already sub subscribe to it, turn on the notification bell, check out some of the content. We just rolled over 850,000 followers on TikTok. It's pretty cool. Kind of thinking I might get verified on there. That would be a pretty neat deal. Um, but yeah, rolled 850 there about to hit a thousand on Instagram, 35,000 on YouTube. And it, you know, it's all you guys. I'm just some dude with a microphone and a camera. So I really appreciate all of you. I hope you have a fantabulistic rest of the week. Again, I will be making another episode this week. If all goes to plan, it will come out Friday. Um, but it may be Saturday or Sunday. We're getting ready for a trip to Michigan in a week from Friday. So got some prep to do there, but, uh, anyways, thank you guys. Take care of yourselves and each other. Stay safe out there, everybody. Peace out. Saucy fam.